You're listening to Renegade Talk Radio. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the War Room, InfoWars.com, Band.Video. Very big show we have for you today. We'll be joined in the third hour by Jesse Lee Peterson. Talk about a number of different topics. We will, of course, be getting into the latest of Israel and Gaza. And, uh, yeah, there's just, there's just a lot of news to get into, a heck of a lot of news. Some major revelations being made about what's going on in the Middle East and our participation in it. And as I just think about it and try to game plan it out, it seems like there's very few ways for the hegemony to succeed at this point they're ma- they're claiming that they're making advances in in Gaza and achieving victory there it's a little bit hollow it's not exactly the way it's being portrayed and then you look at so just ukraine basically it's been admitted now even the ukrainian generals are admitting it's a total stalemate they don't have a path to victory, and it's collapsing. You've got the the invasion into Gaza not going particularly well for Israel. I think the latest is that, in total, the conflict has killed 332 Israeli soldiers, including 140 taken out of action, uh, casualties either killed or injured on the northern border with Lebanon, which is not not even really opened up yet, just minor, very minor skirmishes, yet still 140 people in an army the size of Israel is no you know, small amount. And the incursion into Gaza hasn't even really taken place yet. The latest is that Israel has announced they have surrounded Gaza City. Basically, you have Gaza divided, bifurcated into two sections, the north and the south. They're claiming they've surrounded the north, but the corridor that they captured from east to west, sort of undefended. So they've sort of taken over the undefended areas. They're technically surrounding it, but the surrounding is not the difficult part. The invasion is the difficult part. The actually going into Gaza is a difficult part, and that really hasn't happened yet. And so... As I think about this and look at sort of the hopelessness of the situation from the hegemony standpoint, that is America and Israel and the Western countries that act as our satrapies, I got a very bad feeling that they're about to do something very drastic because, well, they don't give up. It's not going well. We're seeing a lot of evidence of America building up troops in the Middle East, possibly getting ready to institute the draft, doing a lot of things that hint at the idea that we are preparing for this to be a wider conflict. But if that conflict doesn't arise naturally, and if the vast majority of Americans continue to oppose 
not just intervention, but everything that Israel is doing, what is necessary to take it to the next level? What is necessary to ignite the global conflict that we know would serve the purposes of the globalists so well? Not just serve the purposes of the globalists, but sort of would be the last-ditch effort of the globalist to retain all of the gains they've made over the last several decades? Of course, the answer is a false flag, a giant false flag. It would have to be a false flag that would make 9-11 look pitiful in comparison. So I think if there's one thing that we as info warriors can do right now is warn everybody for the potentiality of a false flag. Because then one of two things happens. Either the word gets out and they realize we can't pull this off and there's no false flag. We avoid the attack entirely or when the attack comes, the American... War Room with Harrison Smith is where the shields of truth are forged in the fires of inquiry. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the War Room at Wars.com band.video. I'm your host, Harrison Smith. Some interesting developments on the war front today. We'll get into those, and we'll answer a couple questions that keep cropping up. One is... Why hasn't Hezbollah gotten involved yet? As they said, the invasion of uh, Gaza would be a red line. Well, the invasion of Gaza has at least started to take place. Latest update, IDF continues its operation to cut off northern Gaza and clear it from Hamas militants. Heavy fighting continues. And the crew can, uh, can pull up these maps. We just had them on screen showing the corridor east to west that... Israel now occupies, cutting off the north from the south. But the thing is, this corridor that they've taken was not where the battlements are. It's not where the defensive positions have been established by the Gazans, by the Palestinians, Hamas, and Qassam Brigade, and everybody preparing to you know fight this massive showdown. So they've taken this land they've technically surrounded Gaza but you can think about this like an army surrounding a castle that's not how you defeat the forces within the castle I mean this siege has been going on for a very long time at this point so constricting that siege is not necessarily a, a path to victory they have to actually enter Gaza and already they're suffering very, very high levels of uh, casualties. That's what's happening. Israel's latest troops encircle Gaza as death toll climbs. Gaza's death toll climbed as Israel intensified its ground offensive against Hamas militants, saying its troops had encircled Gaza City in the north of the territory. Authorities in Gaza said more than 9,000 people have died due to the war, while the Israeli Defense Force announced the death of a senior officer during battles with Hamas, which is designated a terrorist group by the U.S., President Joe Biden has said Israel and Hamas should pause fighting to allow time to free more hostages from Gaza. He said several dozen Americans have been evacuated. So this is a new update to this, that the Biden administration is actually calling for a pause, calling for some sort of break in the conflict. 
and that is apparently the purpose of the mission of Anthony Blinken, who is once again headed to Tel Aviv. The U.S. wants to, talk, uh, wants to talk about steps that can be taken to better protect civilians in the Gaza Strip, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken told reporters before heading to the region on Thursday. Better protect civilians. I just, it's just something about the way they word things. We're going to better protect the civilians that we have relentlessly bombed for the last almost four weeks at this point. 74 Americans have been evacuated from Gaza, according to the White House. They say 400 families have been trapped in Gaza since the October 7th Hamas-led attack on Israel. There has been uh, more... Conflict seen at the northern border of Israel with Hezbollah saying it attacked Israeli barracks near the Lebanese border in response to airstrikes in Lebanon. And yes, the death toll at this point exceeds 9,000 more and more groups signaling the, the warning bell saying this is, this can't go on. This cannot go on that much longer. We showed you yesterday a video of Hamas militants popping up like Bugs Bunny out of a tunnel to destroy Israeli tanks. There's another video that's just been released by the Qassam Brigade. This time, uh, they pop up out of a tunnel and actually hand place an explosive on the Israeli tank only to return to the tunnel and uh, grab a rocket launcher and uh, and finish the job. Reports from Hamas are that no less than six tanks have been destroyed during the latest push into Gaza. Let's go down to clip number four. Here's the uh, video from the Qassam Brigade. Here once again you see the militant wearing a body cam climb out of... He's his concealed position. There you see the tank moving by, totally oblivious to the militant. Can't be more than 20 yards away. This again is the danger of tank warfare. You could totally miss somebody like this. You can actually see two or three other tanks in the background there. He just places the explosive on the tank, pulls the trigger, pulls the... And there's the explosion grab a RPG and either hits that tank or one of the other tanks in the convoy. So again, this is what Israel is facing in the largely open and not you know, urban style warfare from Hamas. Tunnels absolutely everywhere. And again, when Israel says they've surrounded Hamas and have cut off the north from the south, remember that there are tunnels. They haven't really cut off anything. For Hamas, at least. Maybe they've cut off the civilians from fleeing south. And maybe that's the point. Maybe they're just establishing you know, different sectors of Gaza. I, I don't really know what their plan is, to be honest with you. I'm not sure what the next move from Israel could or should be. From Daily Express, Israel sends robots to destroy Hamas terrorist tunnels as troops surround Gaza City. So they're rolling out uh, robots to do their fighting. Now, we have a lot of uh, pretty horrifying videos to show you if we want to go to those. But let's start with not just one, 
but two Freudian slips from Israeli spokespeople. First is clip number one. This is an Israeli uh, spokesperson on CNN. Not just a little slip of the tongue. Yeah, just saying the wrong word by accident. Let's watch clip number one. Uh, but I can tell you that we are not targeting anyone else in Gaza but civilians. Hamas is cynically, uh, but rather, but rather uh, uh, terrorists, of course. Oh, right, of course. Oh, whoops. Oh, right, we meant terrorists. We're not hitting anybody but terrorists. Sure, 9,000 civilians have died, but they were human shields. So I guess they're terrorists. I guess if you call all the civilians terrorists, then yeah, you've hit nothing but terrorists. Good point. By the transitive property. Little slip of the tongue there. When the reality is that Hamas probably has hardly been touched at all. Again, they have tunnels 60 feet underground. They're not getting blown up by the airstrikes. The people that are getting blown up are the civilians. And we can show you that a little bit later. But bizarrely enough, that wasn't the only Freudian slip in almost exactly the same way that has occurred in the last few hours. The next is clip number six. This is Israel's ambassador to Australia. Another textbook Freudian slip. Let's watch. I'm also upset that uh, uh, since uh, October the 7th, uh, the focus uh, at the moment is uh, on the other side. Mm. Uh, people are trying to suggest that there is some sort of uh, moral equivalence. There is no moral equivalence. We are not the victims. Sorry, we are the victims. We are not the aggressor. Sorry. That's it. It's, it's an easy mistake to make. <laughs> it's just incredible. I, I, honestly, it is just incredible. For the last nearly four weeks, Israel has carried out a relentless saturation bombing campaign on the civilians of Gaza, killing nearly 10,000, injuring tens of thousands more, bombing hospitals and schools and refugee camps. And then to say, we are the victims. We are not the aggressors. We are the victims. They were a victim. They were a victim of a terrorist attack. That's true. That terrorist attack was not the beginning of the conflict. And since then, the behavior of Israel has only gone to destroy the safety of Israel. It has only gone to completely abolish their moral superiority on the world stage. And if I was the Israeli military leadership, I would be shaking in my boots. I would be terrified of what comes next because it has not gone well so far. It looks like it's only getting worse. I talk a lot about the great successes InfoWars has had. I don't think anybody can deny it. And it is because of listeners and viewers supporting us. When we talk about the crew at InfoWars, people behind the scenes, the researchers, the writers, they really have been the MVPs in this fight. And when we look at Harrison Smith and Owen Schroyer and the hard work they engage in every day, five, six, seven days a week, it's really just incredible. So for myself, the whole InfoWars crew, I thank you for your past support. And I want to encourage you now to realize that InfoWars cannot stay on air if you do not support us. I know you spread the word. I know you pray for us. and That's wonderful. Keep doing it. But most viewers and listeners never go to InfoWarsStore.com and you never buy great products that enrich and empower your life while at the same time keep us on air. I know that less than 1% of our listeners actually go buy products at InfoWarsStore.com. If just 1% more of you took action and went to InfoWarsStore.com, our funding problems will be over. Please take action now. 
Finally, Vitamin Mineral Fusion is back in stock and now available for 25% off at InfoWarsStore.com. This specially formulated drink mix gives your body the essential vitamins, minerals, amino acids, and other beneficial compounds that support optimum health. Vitamin Mineral Fusion goes above and beyond the standard of vitamins and trace minerals. Our exclusive formula is loaded with 34 key ingredients, including vitamin C, E, D, B12, calcium, magnesium, zinc, selenium, L-glutamine, CoQ10, alpha-lipoic acid, folic acid riboflavin, and much more. Aside from bolstering your bodily functions, this drink mix is naturally delicious. And unlike capsules and vitamin pills, it's truly a pleasure to the taste buds. So if you haven't already, mix it up and take your health to the next level with Vitamin Mineral Fusion today. Now 25% off at InfoWarsStore.com. The War Room. InfoWars.com forward slash show. All right, welcome back, folks. This is The War Room. We're going to continue to update you as to what is going on in Israel right now, as well as the danger that we all face as this conflict continues to spiral out. And today was sort of particularly intense as the IDF claims they have uh, surrounded Gaza City by cutting off the north from the south in that enclave. Here's just the latest. United Nations experts say they, quote, remain convinced that the Palestinian people are at grave risk of genocide amid Israel's unrelenting attacks on the Gaza Strip. Fierce fighting between Israeli forces and Palestinian fighters is reported in northern Gaza and Gaza City as bombardment of the besieged enclave continues and intensifies. The UNRWA, which is the UN uh, Relief Works Agency, deals with refugees, says four shelters have been damaged in Gaza in the last 24 hours. A school-turned-shelter damaged at the Jabalia refugee camp, reportedly killing at least 20 people and injuring five. Another school at Beach refugee camp in North Gaza Strip, with one child reportedly killed. Two schools-turned-shelters in the Al-Birej refugee camp, with two people reportedly killed and 31 injured. A total of 72 UNRWA staff have been killed in the war so far. Don't worry, Anthony Blinken is going to go to Israel and, and make sure that they're protecting the civilians that they are obviously purposefully targeting. I mean, there's no other conclusion you can come to when every single target that gets hit is a UN shelter or a school or a hospital. How careful are they being? Yeah, not very. Meanwhile, the White House has said that there's no sign Hezbollah is ready to go in full force amid an increase of fire across the Israel-Lebanon border. White House spokesperson John Kirby said there's no indication that the Iran-backed group is ready to go in full force. Still, he said the White House was concerned about attacks on Israel by Hezbollah, who claimed to have hit 19 Israeli positions in a simultaneous attack today. And this was in response to Israeli shelling of Lebanese towns uh, that took the life of a few Lebanese civilians. And that's a big question that I, I hope we can try to answer. Why hasn't Hezbollah gotten involved yet? What are they waiting for? Are they waiting for anything? 
what does it mean that they haven't gotten involved yet? In other words, have they done the calculation and determined that this is not the ideal time to take on Israel and that rather their purpose would be served better by letting Israel exhaust itself against Hamas for, for a bit longer before they get involved. Because from what we've seen, I mean, Hamas claims they've destroyed six tanks, which if every tank has, I don't know, five to nine soldiers in it, this has been an extremely bloody day for Israel. Been an extremely bloody day for Gaza as well, more from Mideast Eye. Israel bombs maternity ward as the generator in one of Gaza's main hospitals shuts down. White phosphorus has been used on a UN school sheltering Palestinians. And at this point, the total is over 9,000 Palestinians have been killed with 32,000 wounded. Yeah, it's getting brutal, folks. We'll go ahead and show you this video. I know, you know, when Owen was still here and still hosting, he made it a policy to just not include any atrocity propaganda. And I more or less followed that. And frankly, I don't think it benefits the conversation at all just to show you the endless amount of gory, horrifying videos and photos that we could be showing you every single day. So I'm not, I'm not in the game of uh, emotion manipulation. But I do think it's important to get a first-person view of the just massacres taking place right now. And I believe this was the UN school. Clip number three, Israelis just bombed a school. I believe this is the UN school they're talking about, bombed potentially with uh, white phosphorus. But uh, we can, You can watch it here. This is the reality of war. This is the reality of the conflict that's unfolding right now. And, I mean, warning here, it's, it's not a pretty picture. It is extremely bloody. People just, just bodies littering the ground. Blood splattered everywhere. Not a uh, Hamas militant in sight. But it is a gruesome, gruesome scene. And this is just the latest in the ongoing this point nearly four week long conflict and the video just goes on and on this video is five minutes long and every about 10 seconds you see and this this shot in particular just literally bodies littering the ground everywhere utterly horrifying totally gruesome senseless slaughter so I, I just want to make it clear you know when, when people online or, or even people call in claims of, of Israel has a right to defend itself and, oh, what, you think Israel should just die or whatever? It's like, do you not get what's happening right now? Do you not have any humanity in your heart? Like, well, how can you support this? How can you possibly support what's going on here? There is no military objective that they're achieving. They're hardly damaging Hamas at all. Occasionally they'll claim to get a commander or something, but they aren't even sure about that. The entire operation is underground. These bombings are not damaging Hamas. They are solely targeting civilians. Many of them who 
are refugees who've gone to established refugee camps thinking that they would be out of harm's way. Under any normal circumstances, they would be, but instead they're bombed relentlessly over and over and over by Israel. So, you know, enough of the, oh, I just don't want to be involved. Oh, I don't care about either side. One side is committing mass slaughter. The other side is the side being slaughtered. And honestly, it's so disingenuous for Americans to act like they wouldn't behave in a much, much more insane way than the Palestinians. If if you saw one video of an American, like an American grandmother being gunned down by a foreign military on American land, and then when her grandson runs up to her, the grandson is murdered by that foreign occupying force. You think America would would they would we even be satisfied with just like resisting in some way? We would demand total war against that occupying force. So I'm sorry if you can't put yourself in the position of the Palestinians who have been under occupation for the last 75 years. That's your problem, not mine. And the longer this goes on, not only the more crimes against humanity are we allowing to perpetrate, we Americans, with our government, the only reason any of this is going on because of our undying, unyielding support of Israel, but the stability of the entire region becomes less certain, and we get closer and closer to World War III which will make scenes like this look like a walk in the park. Last year, we put this book out, The Great Reset and the War for the World. It became a number one national bestseller. Now we've put part two out, and it's even thicker and more powerful. The Great Awakening, the plan to defeat the globalists and launch the second great renaissance. This is such a powerful book. It covers all the globalist plans, the latest developments, how to stop them, and then gives an alternate plan of a society we could build together. That's why it's the Great Awakening. The Great Awakening is happening right now. You can get signed or unsigned copies of the book at InfoWarsStore.com. This is a historic book. I want to thank you all for your support. This is next level information and it's a great way to not just support the broadcast, but inform yourself of the next level and share the book with friends and family. So whether you want one copy or multiple copies, go now to InfoWarsStore.com and get The Great Awakening. This is going to go to number one. I want to thank you for your support. It's a powerful book. Get yours now. The War Room. InfoWars.com forward slash show. The command center in the battle for clarity and truth. Harrison Smith invites you to The War Room. All right, welcome back, folks. Just utter and complete madness. And again, I think the biggest danger here is that this spirals out into World War III, and likely the only way that would be accomplished would be through some massive false flag attack. And I got to think that the people that would pull off such an attack really questioning whether that would even be a good move or not. I'm obviously not the only one saying this. In fact, National File just put out on Twitter 
that they've received credible information from respected intelligence sources that the next false flag will be an attack on the USS Gerald Ford. The war machine will attempt to pin the attack on Hezbollah and Iran, a repeat of the USS Liberty incident with far more disastrous con- uh, consequences, but only if they get away with it. And again, I think that might be our greatest hedge against worldwide devastation is the information war and letting the people that would pull off such an attack know that, A, we're not going to fall for it, so just don't even try to pull it off. And B, if you do try to pull it off, we're still not going to fall for it, and we're going to know exactly who's to blame for this. And right now, they do not have the American people on their side, which goes pretty far to illustrate just how captured our entire government really is. I don't know if I have the uh, exact numbers here, but I believe uh, the average is 65% of Americans want a total ceasefire. They want to see peace between these two groups. Like 87% of Democrats, 50-something percent of uh, independents and Republicans. But a certain majority of Americans are demanding a ceasefire. But when it was put to a vote, 99% of Americans' representatives voted against it. So you've got something that the majority of the American people want, and it's not like a slim majority of the politicians think otherwise. All of them, all of them disagree. Every single one of them voted against a ceasefire. Which shows you who they really serve. I mean, not the American people, right? And we'll get into that because that's not speculation. We've got videos of former congressmen and women explaining exactly how Congress's devotion to Israel is gained. And there's been you know, undercover documentaries that have infiltrated things like APAC and documented the way that pressure is wielded against American politicians. Yeah, majority of Americans, Republicans support Israel's ceasefire. And if we scroll down, I think you'll see a, uh, a graphic here. Yeah, maybe not. But it's, it's broken down. Um, it's broken down by, by party a little bit, but it's the majority of both parties with a, a much larger majority of uh, Democrats calling for a ceasefire. We can go to actually a decent congressman sitting in office right now, a senator actually. This is Senator Chris Van Hollen asking about the number of children that have been murdered in Gaza during his questioning of Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. Let's watch. Now, the siege is being accompanied by a ferocious bombing campaign. In just the first six days of the war, Israel dropped 6,000 bombs in the densely populated Gaza Strip. Israel has stopped reporting the number of bombs being dropped, but the intense pace has continued. Last night, my wife and I learned that someone we know well lost two family members and four of their children killed in bombing in Gaza. 
So they are not yet included in the most recent death toll reported by the United Nations yesterday, which says the number of dead has risen to over 8,300 people, 70% of them women and children, including 3,457 children. These are UN figures. According to UN figures, that is about six times more children killed in three weeks in Gaza than the number of children killed in Ukraine during the entire war there. The executive director of UNICEF, Catherine Russell, said at the current rate, more than 420 children are being killed or injured in Gaza each day, a number, she said, which should shake us to our core. I agree. Seventy percent of deaths have been women and children, 400 children a day as casualties to this conflict. Utterly horrifying. And there's the graphic, 66 agree, 80 percent Democrats 57% of independents, 56% of Republicans agree that there should be a ceasefire. Now, what the Biden regime has said is that they're they're going over to have a discussion with Israel and ask for a pause, a brief pause, just a minor pause, so they can get some evacuations of the more injured people, as well as the humanitarian aid that's being held up right now in places like the Rafah crossing into Egypt. But I'm not sure that's going to happen. Israeli PM Netanyahu says soldiers are on the outskirts of Gaza City and are advancing, saying we have some very impressive successes. We're already on the outskirts of Gaza City. We are advancing. I want to make one thing clear. Nothing will stop us. One thing would stop them. America withdrawing support. That would stop them in their tracks. But that's not going to happen anytime soon. But the Biden admin does want humanitarian pauses as necessary to get aid into Gaza and people out. But there's another congressman, and you'll recognize him as the congressman that wore his IDF uniform on the floor of Congress, Brian Mast. He says there are no innocent Palestinian civilians. So all of this crying about children being killed and women being killed and refugee camps and schools and hospitals being targeted. Well, that's just anti-Semitism. Because the reality is that everybody in Gaza is considered a combatant. And without the enforcement of international law, they will continue to be targeted. Let's go now to clip number 10. I would encourage the other side to not so lightly throw around the idea of innocent Palestinian civilians, as is frequently said. Uh, I don't think we would so lightly throw around the term innocent Nazi civilians during World War II. We're going to speak later about a bill related to Palestinian education and the fact that in their schools, schools run by the Palestinian Authority, not Hamas, not Palestinian Islamic Jihad, not Al-Aqsa Martyrs Brigade, not Lion's Den, not any of the other groups run by the Palestinian Authority, the anti-Semitic teachings that they put within their own schools, right? The list goes on and on of the examples we could give of what somebody might just call a rank-and-file Gazan or a rank-and-file person in the West Bank or just a Palestinian that maybe they don't say falls under that name of Hamas or, or, or Palestinian Islamic Jihad, 
but by any classical definition would absolutely be considered a terrorist, somebody that in the last couple weeks had been conducting kidnappings, murders, br brutality that is nearly unspeakable. So again, uh, as, as we look at this and what kind of exemptions should and should not exist, I would ask that it be looked at through that lens that, uh, you know, there's, there's not this far stretch to say there are very few innocent Palestinian civilians. Now, very few or none. No, no innocent Palestinian civilians. The children, the women, the old people, the injured, the people huddling in refugee camps after their homes have been bombed to smithereens. They're all valid targets, these people, because apparently they teach in their schools that uh, they don't like Zionists who have waged continuous war against them for the last 75 years. Gee, what could bring that about? And I wonder if the same logic applies to Israelis who are taught to despise Palestinians and were killed by Hamas. Were those valid targets? Of course not. Obviously not. It's a senseless, endless murder. The satanic New World Order is betting against humanity. They're betting on our weakness. They believe they can destabilize civilization and bring us down into the ashes of history. But the trap they've laid for us will be their destruction, not ours. If we trust in God and if we are valiant and have courage to speak the truth and not comply and engage in civil disobedience and not join the masses who have decided that they are the scum of the earth, who have decided that they will join with this soulless corporate system. As for InfoWars, we are going to steadfastly continue to fight in the information war with our weapon, the truth, against the enemies of humanity. And we put our faith, and we put our trust, and we put our destiny in the hands of God. Because it's been said a trillion times, if God be with us, who can be against us? With all the craziness in the world, the collapsing borders, the war with Russia, the insanity, the, the, the currency devaluations, the economy going crazy, you are crazy in my view if you don't get high quality storable food and water filtration and self-defense. Now, we're not selling guns and ammo. That's for you to go out and get for yourself and learn how to use if you haven't. And I'm preaching the choir on that. But a lot of people got plenty of guns, but they don't have enough storable food or water filtration. This is something you need now, and we've got it in the food department and in the high-quality water filtration department. The highest quality food, the best water filtration at the lowest prices you're going to find and still get quality. Infowarstore.com is running a special right now for 10% off on all storable food and on water and air filtration. Ladies and gentlemen, you cannot beat this deal. Our prices are already the lowest. At 10% off, it's an insane deal for a limited time. Go to infowarstore.com and get prepared while you still can. The War Room. Infowars.com forward slash show. back ladies and gentlemen we'll be joined by jesse lee peterson in the third hour of today's show and i'm saving some of the american news for him because there's some news about things i know i know i want to hear his take on black lives matter leaders convicted for fraud that sort of thing so a lot to talk about in terms of american news with him in the third hour 
take your calls throughout the second hour. And we're going to talk about both the threat of a false flag getting us into World War III, as well as why the view of the American government is so wildly divergent from the majority of the American people and the way that the Israeli lobby in particular, but many groups work to undermine our sovereignty in this regard. I do want to remind you that InfoWars is sponsored by you, the viewer, when you go to InfoWarsStore.com. Incredible products there, like Brain Force Ultra, the very powerful nootropic supplement. Right now it's 60% off at InfoWarsStore.com. You can bundle that with things like down and out sleep support, vitamin D3 gummies, the whole food multivitamin. All of these are just absolute powerhouses of nutrition and supplementation. You can get them on massive discount and know that your money is going towards funding this singular outlet for truth in existence today. And again, I'm no international expert. I only know what I read and study continuously day and night, and then I just try to think, if I was in charge of one side, what would I do? If I was in charge of another side, what would I do? What is the goal of these people? How does their how do their actions contribute or detract from those things? In an effort to figure out what comes next. And to be honest with you, it really feels like a false flag is on the horizon. It feels like that's the only thing that could cause this to spiral into a wider conflict, and it seems like spiraling into a wider conflict is the only path that Israel and America have. So right now, Hezbollah has not gotten involved, and we'll talk about that here. And in fact, according to CNN, U.S. intelligence currently assesses Iran and its proxies are seeking to avoid a wider war in Israel. U.S. intelligence community believes for now, at least, that Iran and its proxies are calibrating their response to Israel's military invention in Gaza to avoid direct conflict with Israel or the U.S. while still exacting costs on its adversaries. But the U.S. is also keenly aware that Iran does not uh, that Iran does not maintain perfect control of its umbrella of proxies, in particular over Lebanese Hezbollah, the largest and most capable of the various groups. Hezbollah is an ally of Hamas, the group that attacked Israel on October 7th, and has long positioned itself as fighting against Israel. U.S. officials are deeply concerned that the group's internal politics may cause Hezbollah to escalate simmering tensions. The U.S. also does not always have perfect visibility into the communications between Iran and its various proxies, according to sources familiar with the U.S. intelligence in the region. The problem is that proxies are not all equally deferential to Tehran. Lumping them together is a mistake, said Jonathan Panikoff, former senior intelligence analyst specializing in the region. The question is, if Hamas really looks like it's in trouble, will Hezbollah and Iran agree on Hezbollah launching a full-scale attack to save Hamas, or are they going to disagree? I don't think we know that yet. But what you can glean from what he's saying is that Hamas is not in trouble yet. It is not in a position where Hezbollah would need to get involved. In fact, it's very likely that they are confident that once Israel actually attempts to engage in the street-to-street urban warfare fighting, 
that they'll have the upper hand. Iran is publicly stating it does not want the war to widen, saying they don't want the attacks to spread out to other countries. And we'll see. We'll see where this goes. I think America does want it to spiral out, or at least they're preparing for it to spiral out. And here's the story from uh, The Cradle. Hamas holds strong in Gaza despite army's best efforts, according to the Israeli media. 18 Israeli soldiers have been killed inside Gaza, and the army's facing many difficulties as it moves deeper into the Strip. Hebrew newspaper Mariv reported on the 2nd of November that the Israeli army is facing a difficult and complex situation the more it deepens its ground assault on the Gaza Strip, saying, quote, the fighting in the coming days is expected to be much more difficult. The officers describe how it is evident that Hamas prepared itself to fight against IDF forces. At the current stage, Hamas is very far from a breaking point or crisis, it says, adding that it has managed to maintain an organized method of fighting that relies mainly on tunnel warfare, in which the fighters regularly ascend from out of tunnels and ambush Israeli soldiers with anti-tank weaponry. The Panther APC armored vehicle, which Hamas ambushed on the 28th of October, proved to be the most difficult event for the IDF so far. Fighters emerged out of a tunnel, struck the armored vehicle with anti-tank missiles, killing at least 11 soldiers and wounding several more. Israel has announced an investigation to determine the military failures that led to the incident. And I might not be an expert. I might not have gone to school for this. But I'll tell you, every day, our prognostication is confirmed. Every day, we get more and more confirmation about what we said on the days immediately following the Hamas attack, that this would not be an easy job for Israel, that invading Gaza would be, in many cases, a suicide mission. I, to be honest, would have expected Hezbollah to attack around this time because, you know, the red line they had was invasion of Gaza. But obviously they're, well, I assume they're in communication with Hamas and Hamas is saying, don't worry about it. We, we have it under control. And so if you're Hezbollah, why not let Israel spend more energy, get deeper involved in Gaza, deeper tied into the quagmire? Let them attempt to clear out some of the tunnels. Let them lose more people. Let the political situation in Israel become more tenuous. Allow their position to become less and less secure before you launch the attack. Again, Israel is not in a good position. And this is the thing that makes me think there's going to be a false flag because if things just continue as they are, if the bombing of Gaza continues unabated and the uh, you know, atmosphere of, of distrust and really hatred of Israel continues to bubble up more and more and more as every day more people are going, all right, this is getting ridiculous. Enough is enough. You've hit how many hospitals? You've hit how many schools? You've killed how many children? I mean, it's not going well for Israel. It's just not. So why would you, you know, when your enemy's making a mistake, don't stop them, right? But then you look at what America is doing and it becomes even more troubling. This was last night. Urgent alert. The Pentagon has deployed a massive number of military planes above U.S. airspace. I've never seen this many U.S. military aircraft in the sky at once. Something big is happening. This comes only hours after Israel activated additional naval forces to the Red Sea in response to the Houthis military group in Yemen, backed by Iran, preparing a potential large-scale aerial attack on Israel. And you see the uh, 
in the image here, just the sheer number of military planes in the air last night. And we know that at least 50 U.S. transports have made their way to the Middle East in the last few weeks. On top of that, from military.com, official military source, the Army, American Army, suddenly and chaotically told hundreds of soldiers they have to be recruiters immediately. Published yesterday, without warning, hundreds of non-commissioned officers were ordered via email to report to the recruiting school at Fort Knox, Kentucky in less than a week, with hundreds more set to start at the school in December, a sudden unexpected move by the Army as the service scrambles to boost its recruiting force by 800 by the end of the year. The orders came after a breakdown in how the Army tracks how many recruiters it has. Okay, so the Army is suddenly and, and in a panicked sort of way, seemingly, activating hordes of recruiters to go out and try to boost troop numbers. Military aircraft are taking to the skies in a greater number than ever before. Already 900 soldiers have been sent to the Middle East to fortify our positions there. Another 300 announced yesterday. More signals like the Marine Corps canceling its annual ball because of unforeseen operational circumstances. Then you have this from The Intercept. U.S. quietly expands secret military base in Israel. U.S. Army is quietly moving ahead with the construction of Site 512, a classified base perched atop Mount Har Karen in the Negev. It's a desert in Israel. To include what government records describe as life support facility. So it appears as though America is preparing for a wider war in every way that it can. And simultaneously, we have chatter growing that the FBI and IDF are planning a false flag on U.S. soil to blame on Hamas, and National Files received intelligence that the actual target of the false flag will be the USS Gerald Ford. As you look at the situation, it's only getting worse for Israel. Maybe a false flag against the Americans is the only option they have. Where were you when humanity was fighting for its life? Where were you when the globalists were caught trafficking millions of children for sex slavery worldwide? Where were you when the New World Order was starting World War III with Russia? Well, I know where you are. You're watching and listening to InfoWars.com right now, and I salute you and thank you. And I want to encourage all of you who've been in this fight so long to realize we've reached the critical juncture in the battle now. And a key tool in that fight is the Great Awakening, defeating the globalists and launching the next great renaissance. This is my second book. Part two of the Great Reset and the War for the World. It's a longer book, a quite frankly more powerful book. And just like the last book went to number one, it is up to you to send it to number one right now. This is a cultural fight against the globalists, and it funds the Info War. Get signed or unsigned copies of the Great Awakening right now at InfoWarStore.com. I want to thank you all for your support. This is a book everybody needs. Get your copy of the Great Awakening right now. Navigating the maze of mainstream narratives, Harrison Smith finds the hidden paths in the war room. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is The War Room, and war is the topic of discussion. Let's talk about how the conflict in Israel fits into the wider global conflicts. I'm telling you, just looking at all of these signals... It does not look good for the American or the Israeli regime as our actions over the last couple years have really driven our enemies into each other's arms and they have 
done a lot of diplomatic work in uh, fortifying their connections to one another. But first, let's let's ask about Hezbollah. Because again, from the very beginning, I've been talking about Hezbollah. Saying that's the key player and that if you want to know what's really going on in the Middle East, you've got to look at every new development through the lens of what's Hezbollah's response going to be to this. Not because, well, I mean, the only reason really is because the people who are in charge in Israel and America also think that. That's a key part of their calculus and everything that they do in knowing that you have this incredibly powerful militia force just on the northern edge of Israel that is incredibly well ensconced in Lebanon and to really go to full war with Hezbollah, it's almost impossible. It would just be, it would be, it would turn Lebanon into Gaza, basically. You'd have to turn Lebanon into Gaza. And I don't think American soldiers would be easily led to destroy Lebanon for the sake of Israel. Now, according to the U.S. intelligence community, they believe for now that Iran and its proxies are calibrating their responses and they don't want it to spiral out of control. They have not launched the attacks that many thought would come once Israel is in this vulnerable position. The Lebanon-Israel border is heating up. Lebanon's Hezbollah said it attacked 19 Israeli positions simultaneously Thursday, prompting a, a broad retaliatory assault on the eve of a speech by the Iran-backed group's leader on the Israel-Hamas war. Another barrage of rockets wounded two people in the Israeli town of Kirat Shmona near the Lebanese border. The Lebanese section of Hamas's armed wing said it fired a dozen rockets at the town in response to the occupation massacres against our people in Gaza. The Israel-Lebanon border has seen escalating tit-for-tat exchanges, mainly between the Israeli army and Hamas ally Hezbollah since the Palestinian militants launched the shock attack on October 7th. They said at 3 p.m. that Hezbollah's fighters simultaneously attacked 19 Zionist military positions with guided missiles and artillery shells. This came as Hezbollah carried out a drone attack on Israeli barracks in the disputed Sheba Farms area, the group said in a statement. And, of course, they say it's uh, in response to airstrikes against Lebanese civilians who were killed. Fighting between Hezbollah and Israel has escalated. The Lebanese armed group claims to have lost 47 fighters, while Israel says that six of its soldiers have been killed. At least six civilians have also been killed. And Al Jazeera says, this is Nasrallah's moment. Will Hezbollah's chief declare, declare war on Israel? Well, he's giving a big speech tomorrow. They've been building up for the last week. And we've shown you two videos that they've released over the last few days. They've released their last one, clip number five. This is uh, the last video Hezbollah is releasing before the big speech that Hassan Nasrallah, leader of Hezbollah, will be giving tomorrow. Let's take a look at that. So this is the uh, area where the speech will happen. You see just tons of chairs being prepared. Is this, was that clip five? There should be a, uh, there's another teaser trailer. I may have mislabeled it. We'll have to show you that on the other side. But you can see they're making preparations uh, for the speech. A lot of people thinking that this is going to be an announcement of war. 
but I don't think so. I think it might be something else. Can't exactly say what yet. I think they have. Harrison Smith presents War Room on InfoWars. All right, folks, welcome back. We're going to open up the phone lines for your calls this hour. 1-877-789-2539. Now, again, I just want, I just want to give a, a bird's-eye view of the situation, give you updates as the, the latest developments worldwide how this plays into the global chess match taking place here. Because, I, I mean, it's been, it's been almost four weeks at this point since this conflict began. Time flies when you're having fun, doesn't it? And the fact that it hasn't spiraled out into a greater conflict yet is maybe some form of consolation. I'm not sure I, I expected it to go on this long. I expected some sort of major event before then. But right now, America is calling up its reserves. America is sending over thousands of soldiers to the area to be stationed just in case it does spiral out. Our bases are under attack almost daily at this point from Iran proxies in the area. We have thousands and thousands of soldiers or Navy men on ships in the area. It's the first time since World War II that 50 warships have gathered in the Mediterranean with more on their way, with China and Russia both having a presence there. You've got the surprise announcement that uh, the U.S. Army suddenly activated hundreds of its soldiers to become recruiters to try to beef up the ranks. There's a conf... There's a... You know, big event right now in the U.S. Congress where they're trying to rapidly advance uh, people in the military into higher positions so we're not left totally headless when the fighting starts. Dozens of planes, military transports traveling to the area. Germany and their defense minister warning that World War III was coming, is coming, and saying that war in Europe is not only impossible, but looking to be increasingly likely. And you have America actually calling for a ceasefire. At least that's what they claim, a pause. They call it a pause in the conflict as Anthony Blinken heads to Israel. So all of this points to an increase in the conflict, not a diminishing of it but then take what's happening in the Middle East where Israel has taken a very long time to get a a very moderate foothold in Gaza but put it into context with the rest of the world conflicts going on you know first of all the main outcome of Israel's behavior over the last month has been to have country after country and group after group decry its brutal tactics. 
a you know damaging their reputation, not just the reputation of Israel, the secular state on the world stage, but of Jews everywhere. From Global Times, international pressure mounts to push for ceasefire in Israeli-Palestinian conflict. The international pressure to push Israel to stop collective punishment in the Gaza Strip has been mounting with the death poll, death toll of this round, round of conflict surpassing 10,000. Following Bolivia's decision, decision to suspend ties with Israel, analysts said other nations would move to apply diplomatic pressure on Israel and the U.S. to allow a truce. So again, you've got lots of different countries from all over the world horrified at what Israel's been engaged in. Well, meanwhile, from Reuters, open hatred of Jews surges globally, inflamed by Gaza war. Anti-Semitic incidents are up several hundred percent. Plight of Gaza invoked to target all Jews. Climate of fear worse than in previous Mideast crises. And you have really countless examples of this. As instances of anti-Semitism has surged globally across the entire world. So I, I mean, I guess if you like anti-Semitism, I guess if you like anti-Semitism and you enjoy uh, random innocent Jewish people ten thousand miles away getting attacked, then yeah, let's let's support Israel and everything that they're doing. Or we cannot support Israel in doing what they're doing and try to lower the heat on all of this. But meanwhile, G seventy seven plus China summit in Cuba calls for a new global order. The G77 plus China, a group of developing and emerging countries representing 80% of the world's population, kicked off a summit in Cuba Friday with a call to change the rules of the game of the global order. The meeting comes at a time of growing frustration with the Western-led world order amid widening differences over Russia, war in Ukraine, the fight against climate change, and the global economic system. Calling it a multidimensional crisis. Just today, reported from Reuters, Putin revokes Russian ratification of Global Nuclear Test Ban Treaty. So, in other words, they had a agreement to ban nuclear weapons tests that they are withdrawing from and will continue to expand their nuclear weapon program. Again, another hint that world peace is becoming an you know, an ever farther target to reach, if that's even what we're aiming at anymore. And all of this, as Ukraine's top general admits, Russia has the advantage, saying Ukraine will not make any progress in its fight against Russia unless some new technology emerges to give it a, device, a decisive advantage, the country's top military commander told The Economist this week. He conceded without the appearance of a Wunderwaffe, that Moscow is in the better position given its larger population and greater resources. So they're losing in Ukraine. They're not winning in Gaza. The overall you know, atmosphere and sympathy of the world population is firmly against Israel. The American population wants a ceasefire. Nothing about this bodes well for the Zionists or the American Zionists. And as we've said since the very beginning, and is only more true now than ever, all of this could be stopped tomorrow with 
Israel just declaring a truce, demanding a truce, negotiating with Hamas for a return of the hostages. But for the last four weeks, it's Israel that's been the main driver of this increase of tensions. And that's how it feels. It feels like, like it's just a rubber band getting stretched farther and farther and farther, and eventually it's going to snap. But what would you do? What would you do if you were the globalists, if you saw the COVID scheme that you pulled up? Remember, they launched COVID, I think, in a large part, specifically to deny Donald Trump the presidency. I mean, think about this. They were willing, you know, they wanted the mail-in ballots. They wanted to destroy the economy Trump had built. They wanted to, of course, all the other things, all the other benefits they got from COVID. Those were all, you know, added, uh, added prizes for them. But I think the main thing was to stop Donald Trump from getting into office. If you're willing to launch the COVID pandemic to decide the American presidential election, what else would they be willing to do? How far would they be willing to go? These are the people that blew up the Nord Stream pipeline, by the way. These are the people that brought down the towers on 9-11. These are the people that now see all of public sympathy going away from them, that see that they're on the ground you know, military reality is becoming more and more tenuous, more and more dangerous as the days go by. These people are insane. And it's not just out of the question that they would carry out a false flag. I can't see any other path for them. I legitimately cannot see any path forward for the American-Israeli alliance than either sinking a major ship like the USS Ford or some massive devastating attack on American soil to blame on Hamas. Last year we put this book out. The Great Reset and the War for the World. It became a number one national bestseller. Now we've put part two out and it's even thicker and more powerful. The Great Awakening, the plan to defeat the globalists and launch the second great renaissance. This is such a powerful book. It covers all the globalist plans, the latest developments, how to stop them, and then gives an alternate plan of a society we could build together. That's why it's The Great Awakening. The Great Awakening is happening right now. You can get signed or unsigned copies of the book at InfoWarsStore.com. This is a historic book. I want to thank you all for your support. This is next-level information, and it's a great way to not just support the broadcast, but inform yourself to the next level and share the book with friends and family. So whether you want one copy or multiple copies, go now to InfoWarsStore.com and get The Great Awakening. This is going to go to number one. I want to thank you for your support. It's a powerful book. Get yours now. We have not had this many of our best-selling products back in stock in years because of supply chain breakdowns and all the rest of the stuff that's going on. And these are game-changing products. It's like our information's game-changing. These products are incredible. And I'm personally glad that these are now back in stock. All three of the InfoWars Platinum flagship products that have been sold out for months are now back in stock, but a very limited run because we only had a budget to get three or 4,000 bottles of each one of these. I think we got 4,000 bottles of the HGH Max Boost that people love so much. We've got about 4,000 bottles of 1776 testosterone boost that just came in. And we've got about 3,000 bottles of Pain MD, incredible natural pain reliever situation. All three of these are back in stock, and they're incredible, and they fund our operation at InfoWarsStore.com. 
Infowars.com forward slash show. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We will be joined by Jesse Lee Peterson at 5 p.m. today, Central Standard Time, last hour of the show. Brought to your phone calls here for the rest of uh, this hour. The number dial is 1-877-789-2539, 1-877-789-2539. We still have some lines open if you want to get in. And we'll be talking about uh, all sorts of stuff with Jesse, including uh, the Black Lives Matter leader who was recently convicted for fraud, the collapsing birth rate in America, the racial disparities and use of force Places like San Francisco, despite having a black DA and a black police chief and uh, everybody in any position of power in the police force in San Francisco is in fact black, but they're still racist apparently. That's a big problem. Apparently, that's what I'm being told. But I want to go out to phone calls now. I want to go to Jay in Texas, Jewish American. I think I have a video that will go along well with uh, your call, Jay. But thanks for calling in. You're on the air. Hello. I'm an American, and I'm, a, I'm not a Zionist, and I'm a Jew. And uh, not my circus, not my clowns, what's going on over there. And Michael Yawn talking about our borders and all that that's going on over here is terrible. And worrying about uh, white Americans being uh, the big problem by the federal government is a mistake. And we'll see what happens. But it is... It, all terrible. And uh, if you wanted to get a good perspective on what the Jewish people think, um, reach a, a large Jewish audience. I think that if you was, uh, my rabbi, his father's a rabbi, and I think there's about 10 of them. <laughs> They're all rabbis. But, but anyways, his name is uh, Yoshi, Yoshi Freeman, and he's always on uh, um, YouTube, and he's like a rock star on there, his, his dad said, because I kept seeing him on there because, you know, I follow the faith a little bit, of course, and uh, and I keep seeing him on there, and that was his dad. And he, he speaks real well about the happenings of what's going on in the world with cutting off genitals and all that nonsense, and uh, he, I think that he would be, uh, he, he's big, you know, the, the, the families clear across the country in what's called the Chabad, which is like a Jewish learning center, and if you could get either Yoshi Freeman Sr. or Yoshi Freeman uh, Jr., on there, I think that uh, you'd reach a large Jewish population. But it, it's all just terrible. I mean, when I was a kid, I remember somebody was messing with my, my brother. And and so I ambushed these two kids. And I, I, I hurt them a little bit, you know. But they were messing with my brother. Was I wrong? Well, I ambushed them, and they were messing with my brother. So, yeah, that's wrong. But, but you know what? Uh, that was my brother. Now, what's going on over in Israel... You know, they they ambushed these people, whether they were allowed to, and it was a setup. Uh, I don't know, but it was terrible. And and does two wrongs make a right? No, it doesn't happen. And the one bumper sticker I put on my brand new truck, it's nine uh, eleven was an inside job. That's the only bumper sticker I have on the ca- on the truck. That's that's the only so, one you need. Uh, that, that really sums it all up. But no, I yeah, I, I appreciate your calling. Uh, we'll, we'll reach out to uh, Yoshi Freeman. Um, but I just want to, I mean, how do you feel? Are, are you really involved in the Jewish community? Um, and, and if so, I mean, what do you feel like the atmosphere is around there? As somebody who's not a Zionist, uh, are, are, you, are you feeling pressured in any certain way? 
Well, we had a, I was at a, I was there two Saturdays ago, and there was this woman there, and she's a nice lady. And, oh, they're all terrorists, and they're brought up that way, which they do that, that Madraza thing there where they, you know, they study the Koran, and they mm. they definitely believe, you know, that, that, that they're supposed to be the supreme type people and everything. But like you said, there's a lot of these kids that just brainwash, just like in America. Kids are brainwashed, you know. You're, oh, you're a girl, you're a boy when you're a boy, and you're a girl, you know. These, so these, it, as for bringing them over here, no, hell no. Right. There's enough people over here. But, yeah. but yeah, the, the, um, one woman there, and she's a nice lady, good looking too, married. But, uh, but uh, anyways, you know, she's trying to say, oh, they're all, uh, they're I'm all um, terrorists, you know, and that, that ain't right. You know, they're not right. all, I, I got, I got Muslim friends, you know. Right, of course. And. And, I, and some of them, they say they're Muslims. Some of them, they say they're Christians, but they're Arabic or they're from either Dubai or Palestine. And uh, and then there's a lot of the Arabs and the, a lot of the, the Palestinians that are in Israel that live in certain areas of Israel that are quite happy living there, you know? I'm not saying that... I, and as for Bibi Netanyahu, I mean, I don't really... I, only from listening to this, that, and the other, it's not my politics, but the bottom line is uh, he's struggling, I guess, to stay in power, and uh, mm-hmm. this is a setup, you know? It, this, it, this is a setup. It definitely seems that way, and it seems like the leaders of Israel are just as willing to sacrifice the Israeli people as the leaders of America are willing to sacrifice the American people, and uh, it's brutal and unnecessary. Thank you so much for the call, Jay. I really do appreciate that, and... Uh, I'll go to a video on the other side that I think, you know, illustrates the way that our government has been hijacked, not by the Jews, but by certain Jews with certain agendas that are oftentimes, and certainly in the case, I think, with uh, Jay from Texas, totally contrary to the desires of the average Jew in America. So uh, I'll show you that video on the other side because it's a little bit longer. I don't have time to get to it here. Uh, So let's go to... One more call before we get to the break, at least. Uh, Dan in Idaho, thanks for calling in. You're on the air. Hey, Harrison. Um, so I know this is going to sound a little goofy, but um, when I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who's a pretty hardcore Zionist uh, Jew here in America, I said, well, why don't, why don't we just step back, allow Israel to do what they're going to do, but then you have to close the Holocaust museums because you can't genocide somebody and then complain about being genocided. And that that really got him going. Um, I, don't, I, I, I want nothing to do with this. From, from when you started the show and you were talking about this connection with the Palestinians, on a human level, I'm with you, man. Like, this is Vietnam 2.0, and I want no part of it. Right. No, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I was... I was tweeting... I tweeted today, Gaza cost, right? Just to, just to try to, you know bring up the comparison because it's not a uh, it's not an invalid one that what's happening now is a form of holocaust it is a form of genocide against the palestinian people and how jews with their history of being uh, persecuted can support this it, it baffles me man i i don't understand it either and like the previous caller was talking about not not wanting more immigration here I asked this guy, how would you feel, you know, you're, you're very pro-Israel and you're pro-Israel kicking these guys out. How would you feel about having them in your backyard? And he, his, his answer was, oh, no, we'll send them to Europe. Screw Europe. That's not how it works, man. 
you know, yeah, it's, uh, I, I, I don't understand. Um, and if he's listening, Mike, really think about it. That's retarded. <laughs> but no, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's very strange. It's very bizarre. You know, I, I saw, um, I haven't played any of them here, but there, there's a lot of TikToks of Jewish people, usually Jewish Americans going, man, this whole, you know, I was raised to be a Zionist, but this whole conflict, I really started looking into it and educated myself and you know, I cannot support Israel anymore. And, uh, you know, one of them said something that stuck with me. He said, I thought never again meant never again. I didn't know it meant never again to us. I thought it meant never again to anybody. I didn't know it meant like, you know, never again, we won't be it, but we'll do it to other people. And I think a lot of Jews in America are, are waking up to this uh, and they're not happy at what's being done in their name. So I'm not trying to take it lightly, but uh, we got to treat this as seriousness it deserves why do you think the globalists are desperately trying to censor everybody why are they attacking myself and donald trump and elon musk everybody else because they can't get through this giant megalomaniacal power grab if we're here exposing them but we're not just exposing their operation in my new book we give you the solutions to build a new better world an alternative to klaus schwab's you will eat the bugs this is the great awakening the plan to defeat the globalist and launch the second great renaissance. It's a companion to my last book that was a number one worldwide bestseller. And this book is even thicker and even more powerful. Get your copy of The Great Awakening today at InfoWarsStore.com. Either signed as a fundraiser, and I thank you for the support, or unsigned. But whatever you do, take action now. We're fighting for you, but we can't keep on if you don't support us. So please, get the historic book now. Go now to InfoWarsStore.com and get The Great Awakening. The Great Awakening at InfoWarsStore. The War Room. InfoWars.com forward slash show. back the layers of the day's events to reveal the core truth. War Room with War Harrison Room with Smith. Harrison. All right, welcome back, folks. We'll get to your phone calls here shortly. I don't know if I'll have time to play all of these videos, but we'll try to get to them. This is the, the latest poll. All voters, 66 percent agree that there should be a ceasefire and that the U.S. should call for a ceasefire in Israel. Democrats, 80 percent. Independents, 57 percent. Republicans, 56 percent. So a majority of all Americans, pretty much, no matter how you break it down politically, are in favor of a ceasefire. And yet 99 percent of the politicians that we elected voted against a ceasefire. Just a little bit odd. A little bit strange. What would cause our politicians to be so out of step with the desires of their constituents? And the answer probably is not going to surprise you. It's because of the lobbying efforts of APAC. Now, APAC brags that 95% of elected officials are APAC approved. 95%. How do they achieve that? Well, all you have to do is listen to former congressmen and congresswomen and they'll tell you. First, let's go to clip number eight. Here, this is Congressman James Traficant uh, several years ago uh, talking about the government being controlled by Zionist Israel. But I believe that Israel has a powerful stranglehold on the American government. They control both members of the House, the House and the Senate. 
They have us involved in wars of which we have little or no interest. Our children are coming back in body bags. Our nation is bankrupt over these wars. And if you open your mouth, you get targeted. And if they don't beat you at the poll, they'll put you in prison. Explain to me what you see as, you know, why you target or why you have a grudge against the Israelis. The grudge is not necessarily a grudge. It's an objective assessment that no one will have the courage to speak about. They're controlling much of our foreign policy. They're influencing much of our domestic policy. Wolfowitz is under Secretary of Defense, manipulated President Bush number two back into Iraq. They pushed definitely, definitely to try and get Bush before he left to move into Iran. We're conducting an expansionist policy of Israel, and everybody's afraid to say it. They control much of the media, they control much of the commerce of the country, and they control powerfully both bodies of the Congress. They own the Congress. Are you an anti-Semite? No, I'm not. That's exactly what they're going to say, and I expect that. What I am is an American. You see, I think America comes first. And we have a one-sided foreign policy in the Mideast. And we've alienated Arabs who have no way of fighting. So what they've done, and I predicted this on the House floor, is they would export violence to America. And they have. They have no other way to fight. I think President Obama knows this. I think he sees this. I think he wants to do something. I think his hands are tied. And I think he's dancing between the raindrops, trying to figure how I can politically machinate some scenario to mitigate these problems. Greta, I'm saying this. America is in danger if America doesn't take back the government without foreign influence, interference. So there is obviously massive uh, foreign influence. APAC is not even, um, you know, it's not necessary for them to uh, register as a foreign influence operation despite the fact that it's literally their name. Former Congress, so that was a former con, uh, that was a former congressman. Here's former Congresswoman Cynthia McKinney uh, saying exactly the same thing. Clip number nine. There is tremendous pressure inside the political process to make sure that the voters stay aligned inside either the Democrat or Republican parties. Why? because both of those parties have been captured by special interests. And those special interests are, quite frankly, the antithesis of the interests of the people. And so we have all of these special interests that have positioned themselves in between the political decision makers and the people themselves. The process now is more responsive to those special interests than it is to the values and the wishes of the American people. What I ran into, I bumped into at almost every turn were these special interests. And there's no more special interest that has any more influence than the pro-Israel lobby. So yes, I um, uh, first-handedly and also frontally <laughs> was uh, uh, assaulted by the presence of the pro-Israel lobby to such an extent. Physically assaulted? Well, politically assaulted okay. to such an extent that my father 
had to ask the question publicly, what does Stone Mountain, Georgia, have to do with Israel? What I was doing was servicing the needs of my constituents, and I was not allowed to do that because I did not toe the line on U.S. policy for Israel. What line is that that they wanted? Were you told directly that you had to toe a line, or explain that to me? Well, every candidate for Congress at that time had a pledge. They were given a pledge to, to sign. And I was uh, new on the scene. And uh, so the pledge had Jerusalem as the capital city, uh, the military superiority of Israel. American Congress people have to sign this pledge. Yes, you sign the pledge. If you don't sign the pledge, you don't get money. So, for example, it was almost like uh, water torture for me. My parents observed this. I would get a call and uh, the person on the other end of the phone would say, I want to do a fundraiser for you. And then we would get into the planning. I would get really excited because, of course, you have to have money in order to run a campaign. And then two weeks, three weeks into the planning, they would say, did you sign the pledge? And then I would say, no, I didn't sign the pledge. And then my fundraiser would go kaput. So that's Cynthia McKinney, former uh, congresswoman, describing the way that uh, U.S. Congress people have to sign a pledge to support a foreign nation. And this is, of course, orchestrated and coordinated by APAC, amongst others. I'll show you a video on the other side. We'll have to uh, save it for the next segment uh, that illustrates exactly how this happens and exactly how the will of America is overridden by a very few number of people who claim to speak for all the Jews, when in reality they have uh, very specific geopolitical goals that they're trying to reach and objectives that they're aiming at, and they use overwhelming financial influence to bend the American politicians to their will in complete disregard of the will of their constituents and their voters. So, you know, when we're talking about Israel, when we're talking about American foreign policy, when we're talking about the onrush to World War III and the building up of military power in the Middle East ahead of this completely unnecessary and ill-advised conflict – This is not some foreign thing that you say, well, I'm an American, so I don't care. America is the reason this is happening, and the reason that America is involved is because of the corrupt nature of our entire system and the way that moneyed influence can warp American foreign policy to its own ends in very simple, easy-to-understand ways. And unless you understand that, well, we're never going to stop it. We're never going to free ourselves from this undue foreign influence that would be easily recognizable and fought against with, I mean, you know the ferocity that it would be fought against because we saw from 2016 to 2020 the lie of Russian influence and the way that was treated as an existential crisis 24-7 by the news media. And here we have an ultra-powerful foreign influence PAC, APAC, saying that they get 95% of their desired candidates into office. They make politicians sign a pledge to their country. He has not even discussed. America is under occupation by a foreign power. It's time we come to terms with that. Where were you when humanity was fighting for its life? 
Where were you when the globalists were caught trafficking millions of children for sex slavery worldwide? Where were you when the New World Order was starting World War III with Russia? Well, I know where you are. You're watching and listening to InfoWars.com right now, and I salute you and thank you. And I want to encourage all of you who've been in this fight so long to realize we've reached the critical juncture in the battle now. And a key tool in that fight is the Great Awakening, defeating the globalists and launching the next great renaissance. This is my second book, part two of The Great Reset and the War for the World. It's a longer book, a quite frankly, more powerful book. And just like the last book went to number one, it is up to you to send us to number one right now. This is a cultural fight against the globalists, and it funds the Info War. Get signed or unsigned copies of The Great Awakening right now at InfoWarsStore.com. I want to thank you all for your support. This is a book everybody needs. Get your copy of The Great Awakening right now. The eugenicists over 100 years ago were very public about their plans. They financed major universities. They ran full-page stories and advertisements pushing their propaganda in the New York Times, other major newspapers, that the family as we know it is a bad thing and must be ended. And the first step in that is getting women out of the household and teaching women that cooking dinner and taking care of your sons and daughters and husbands is a bad thing. And I was just sitting here tonight making dinner for my daughter, my four and a half year old daughter. My wife makes dinner a lot of times, but I like to make it as well. I love to make breakfast. And literally, it's the funnest thing on earth to make food for your family and be nurturative and then all sit down together and have that communal event. And that's what the system is attacking and bombarding, is our normal biological actions are coming together. They really are sick, evil, scientific cult of filth that want to domesticate us and turn us into lab rats. We cannot let this continue. Infowars.com forward slash show. All right, welcome back, folks. We'll go out to your phone calls again this segment. I just want to play this video. It's from a documentary that Al Jazeera produced. It's actually a series of documentaries called The Lobby. There's The Lobby UK and The Lobby US. Both of them have several episodes. And then this clip is from the second episode of the lobby us and it's about a, a four minute clip that i i clipped out this morning the whole thing is interesting uh it, much of it's surrounding around the uh, bds movement boycott divest sanction that happened on college campuses and it's very creepy it's eerie how the israeli government co-ops and actually controls jewish groups here to spy on and manipulate college students to defend israel in a way that is, again, any other country, if any other country had this level of operations on American soil, it would be an outrage, but Israel knows they can get away with it. But the important part about this clip is it shows you, not theoretically, not in vague terms, but an undercover operative infiltrates APAC and exposes exactly how they circumvent election funding laws and how they essentially carry out um, carry out little shows for politicians to convince them to support policies that are not demanded by the majority of Jews in America, but are the desires of very specific Zionist political activists for geopolitical purposes. You'll see what I mean. We'll watch the clip and then comment on the other side. This is the Lobby USA produced by Al Jazeera. 
Here's a clip about buying influence. Let's watch. Speaking of the devil. David Oakes, a prominent pro-Israel advocate, invited Tony to a fundraising event. Oakes later called him to discuss the details. Is it just a social event? No, hold on. I'm going to email you a list of the people that this group supports. This is the biggest ad hoc global group, and definitely the wealthiest in D.C. of Mark Kirk, senator from Illinois. Ted Deutsch from Florida. Barbara Comstock, she's the congressman from Virginia. Richard Byrd from Carolina. Kelly Ayotte, she's fantastic. She's in the Arms Committee. They'll walk in the room and they'll say everything here is off the record. And then they'll say, here's a little bit about me, and then people will ask very specific questions. The fundraiser was being held in a wealthy suburb of Washington. A big tech room. It makes a difference. It really, really does. It's the best bang for your buck. And the networking is phenomenal. Congressmen and senators don't do anything unless you pressure them. They kick the can down the road unless you pressure them. And the only way to do that is with money. Right now, our current contribution limit from any person to a candidate is $2,700. Now, that's a lot of money, you know, and, and that can certainly buy some gratitude with the lawmaker. But if you really want to add punch to uh, that type of buying of favors, what you do is you get 50 or 100 people together at an event like this, all chipping in $2,700, and then you bundle it all together and hand over the total amount to the lawmaker. At that point, we're talking anywhere up to a quarter million dollars. So suddenly you've got a group of people with the same demand they want from the lawmaker handing over a quarter million dollars. That buys a lawmaker. The fundraiser was for Anthony Brown, who ran for Congress in November saying we're buying this these office holders and that's the point we're chipping in all this money so we can hand over a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand to the office holders so we can buy them they're not supposed to advertise there's only the advertising law i would surprised they had an invite i've never seen an actual invite before oaks described a similar event he attended in new york which included donors from wall street So that's just a, a little, you know, taste there. Again, it's each episode's an hour. There's like four episodes um, for each of these series. 
And to me, what stood out to that uh, from that is a couple things. The first would be that they are portraying, as he says, 30, 40 people as being the Jewish community, right? You've got tens of thousands of Jews in a congressional district, 30 or 40 of them bring the congressman to the room and say, we are Jewish interest. We are all of the Jews. We represent them all. And here's what we want. And they say, you know, the Palestinian issue, who cares? Uh, Your domestic politics doesn't matter. They have one issue that they're focused on, and it's opposing Iran. And so all of your other positions don't really matter as long as you fulfill that one obligation. And that's what I've described before in terms of the way corruption takes place. You take somebody who may have 50 things they want to accomplish as a congressman or a senator, and even if they don't even really care about Iran, maybe they're on the side of Iran, but they'll probably make a change in that one position so they can fulfill the other 49. If they have 50 positions, they'll sacrifice one of them to get the quarter million dollars or even more. You know, In many cases, it's much, much more, and, and they go on in this documentary to describe the way that they circumvent the laws in, in different methods. They'd use uh, credit cards that have uh, like $1,000 limits and they contribute those. So it's not technically cash. I mean, there's ways to get around it. So they're willing to sacrifice their one position and make it be in line with these groups, the self-appointed spokespeople of the Jewish community, wherever they live. And that's all that, that these groups care about. So this is the way that APAC works. This is the way the lobby works. And this is the way that you have 100% of the Republican and Democrat representatives aligned on a position in in complete contrary position to their constituents that they're supposed to represent. That's the way it works. This is corruption. This is what leads America to wars. It's done it before, and it's doing it again right now. So if you think what's happening in Israel is not related to what's happening in America, you're wrong. It is. It's directly related. It's directly related to the overall problem of corruption in our government and the suicidal failure of our foreign policy over the last several decades. So there it is. Out to your phone calls now. Omar in California wants to talk about Israel. Thanks for calling in, Omar. You're on the air. Hey, Harrison. How you doing, brother? Good, thank you. Hey, uh, I'm from Yemen, and um, I've been here for about 30 years. Since I was a, a itty bitty baby, we came came to New York first in the '80s, and we moved to California after that. I have not met a single Arab, Arabic person that I know, whether it's a Palestinian or Jordanian, any Arab that I've met, thousands of them that says anything bad about doing something to America or inside America. So. I don't know where this whole media is coming up with that Arabics are going to... Even the ones that come in as refugees, I know hundreds of them that, that got the, the asylum program, and they come in, and they bust their butts to work, and they pay rent, and they... Hundreds of them. I of have course. not no, met you, you probably You probably feel how I do about like the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers, where like, you hang around them, you go, these guys aren't dangerous these guys aren't domestic terrorists what are you talking about it's entirely media fabricated i I believe that america bombed uh uh syria they know all the stuff that america is doing to our country even in yemen we know Mm -hmm. and not one of them would even say 
No, I, I, I fully believe you, and the, the Arabs that I know uh, feel exactly the same way. And again, it's sad that, that the powers that be have decided that uh, divide and conquer is their number one strategy by dividing the American people by race or gender or class or uh, politics, and they can convince us to participate in this suicidal conflict for which we have no gain and no purpose being involved, but our entire government seems aligned in uh, getting involved regardless. All right, we'll be back on the other side with Jesse Lee Peterson. I want to remind you to go to InfoWarsStore.com. I don't think you're getting coverage like this anywhere else, folks. And if you appreciate what we do here at InfoWars and Bandai Video, please go to InfoWarsStore.com today. You're going to want to pay attention to what I'm about to say in the next 60 seconds. Two new incredible products are now available exclusively at InfoWarsStore.com. They are both clones of national best-selling products from a major pharmaceutical slash supplement maker that are listeners and patriots that are allowing us to private label it at a lower price you'll find in stores. It's Joint Relief Max and Nerve Renew. Both of these have known documented natural compounds to lower pain and to also make your nerves healthier, which is one of the major reasons nerves get irritated and are more inductive to pain. There's major research behind this all. You need to get Joint Relief Max from InfoWars MD and Nerve Renew from InfoWars MD exclusively at InfoWarsStore.com right now. Introducing them both, 25% off. You'll find them exclusively at InfoWarsStore.com and they fund our operation.